You never know who you're going to get when you show up on a Wednesday and a Sunday anymore. Unless you're Brandon. Brandon knows. <laughs> Brandon's got the schedule. That's he's the he's the man. He's the man who knows everything. So he knows who's preaching next next Sunday. We got Matt, brother Matt Crozier. I had to ask Brandon, and then uh, brother John Robinson's going to be here for the evening service. So he pastors Hillsboro uh, Bible Believers Baptist over in Hillsboro. So it's a blessing. I know brother John uh, more than I know most all the rest of the preachers over there, and he's just I uh, love brother John. I got nothing bad to say about anybody over there, but I really like brother John. So. You know, be here for those services. I know y'all will. So, but a pastor is still in the hospital. So, and but they have praise the Lord. They figured out what's going wrong with him, and I'm gonna try to say this word. <laughs> Klebsiella oxytoca. Okay, I probably said that wrong, <laughs> but it is a bacteria that's in his gut. So they're treating it with some antibiotics. And uh, I'm just going to say, man, I got a message tonight, and I, I got I got no faith in any of them doctors. We got to pray for them, amen? Yeah. Amen. My confidence is in the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, man, praise the Lord for, for, for doctors. I'm not putting them down. But uh, he really needs the Lord to heal him. And we need the Lord. So... Uh, Amen. Let's pray and we'll just we'll just open God's word and see what he has for us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Father, I just thank you for your book. Lord, I thank you for the confidence, Lord, that's bestowed in me. And Lord, even the trials in our day to day walk with thee, Lord, I'm just reminded, Lord, I need to trust in you more in my stress, Lord, in my just my my untrustingness, Lord, in all the trials, Lord, even in success, Lord, I just need to trust in you all the much more. Father, thank you for all these people, Lord, that have gathered here today. Father, I pray you touch each and every one of them, Lord, that we just have more confidence in thee. Lord, not in our flesh, not in even family or friends, but Lord, we just trust in your book, Lord, and just trust in your Holy Spirit, Lord, just to keep doing a good work in us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Lord, help our pastor, Lord, as only you can, the great physician, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Book of Philippians, if you would. We'll kind of start off there. Um, book of Philippians. You know, I've been going through with the, the teens on this topic of confidence. You know, when you start raising up your kids, you, you want them to be confident. I know one of my kids is, can be pretty confident, and one of my other kids, he's not that confident. And sometimes, I, thank you, Brandon, very much. Not that confident with this one. Everybody needs confidence, amen. You can't have confidence in me. You're going to have to have confidence in the Lord. But I prayed and I've sought the Lord on this, so let's just let's see what the Lord has. Philippians chapter one, verse number one says, Paul and Tim, Tim, Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you always for you always making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident, 
of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, that's almost just like that last verse we just sang. Just tis so sweet to trust him till that last day end. You know, and Paul knew that this Holy Spirit would just continue to grow in him as a believer. And sometimes it's not like that. Amen. It's tough. But he knew that Paul's Paul's confidence was in God. Yes, he had a he had a verse over there. I got strong confidence in you that you, then in obedience that you will do this. But he didn't say that about many people. Most all Paul's confidence was in the Father, repentance towards Him, Jesus Christ, and faith towards Him, the Holy Ghost, and that was in you. He knew that, and he knew that that was going to have to be the one that's going to teach you. He knew that all his confidence, being confident of this very thing, that he which would begun a good work in you, and the only good work I had after I got saved even, amen, was Jesus Christ. I never had a good work before that. Nothing. The only good thing that's coming out of me is the, the words that I'm reading out of the Bible right now. I know this. Being confident of this very thing. But Paul made it real clear to not have any confidence in the flesh. Look at over there in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 1. He says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write these same things. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are of the circumcision, which worship God in spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. And then he goes on to this little bragging thing. But though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, he says, I more. And he's he's speaking this as a fool like he did over there, and I think it was Corinthians. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Man, how about that? Yea, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. He says, you know what, all that stuff, it didn't mean nothing. Nothing. Yea, doubtless. Doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Amen. And be, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is God, which is of God by faith. And that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable, conformable unto His death. You know what? You ain't supposed to have confidence in the flesh is what He says there. And He boasts about it. Now you can boast all you want about your flesh, man. You know what? I, I passed out 15 tracks the other day. Well, good for you. You should do that. You know, I'm a fifth generation Christian. Am I making sense? You know, I didn't even grow up in a Christian household. You know, 
No, I've never done drugs. Does that make you more of a better person? I mean, it, by all means, don't go out and do drugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, if you fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess, and at least I'm not like that guy. Well, what are you next to Christ? Who are you comparing yourselves to? Me? <laughs> you ain't going to have to. You can exceed that line pretty quick. Pretty quick. But to know Christ and the power of His resurrection, have that heart changed. Having that confidence. Why did we do those things? No confidence in the flesh. No confidence in those works. What about physically? You know, that's all spiritually kind of stuff. You know, but what about physically? You know, I'm, I've been doing masonry now for over 25 years. I'm not being boastful when I say this, but there's not too many people that can, there isn't anybody that I've met that can lay stone faster than I can lay stone. Does that make me a somebody? No. It doesn't. You know who God used to build a wall in Nehemiah? <laughs> a cup bearer. I often think about that and I go, man, if I could have just been in Nehemiah, I'd, I'd probably have been a great help. And they're like, no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> You just said they were doing it all wrong. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I mean, I started reading through there and I was like, well, this guy had a whole bunch of daughters building the wall. I said, yeah, probably. You're not you're using the trowel wrong. You know what I mean? You're, you're doing it wrong. You can't do that. I've been like that one guy. The fox is going to knock your wall over. You know what I mean? Confidence in my abilities. Confidence in my flesh. You don't want me to play Tis So Sweet Trust in Jesus on the song, on the piano right now. I don't have any confidence in that. But he'd put that he'd put that down. But you know what God did give he gave me a gift in masonry. A good eye. I can see patterns, you know what I mean, and, and put rocks together faster than most people can. I don't mind. He's given me a mind where I can work outside the whole time and most people can't handle it. You look at masonry and where it says over there Nexus and it says and they were in bondage and under heavy rigor. I go, That's good preaching, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> It's exactly what it's been for 25 years. You, I reaped what I sowed, but He's blessed me and He's given me a mind to deal with it. And my back's still strong and I praise the Lord for giving me that gift. You know what I mean? But I don't have confidence in it. My flesh. Because one of these days, I ain't going to be able to lay that block anymore. I'm not going to be able to go out and do these things. I get up on scaffold above 25 feet anymore and I'm like, I should probably tie off now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Start getting a little more scared. I'm not like as sure-footed as I used to be. I'm not as confident as I used to be. But you know what he says? He says, look at verse number, go back to verse number, or no, chapter number 3 and verse number 8. He says, yea, doubtless. You know what doubtless is? You know what that means? It means he doesn't have any doubts. Means he trusts. Means he believes. Means he's confident in what God's done in him. You know, that's what I want to be. That's what I want. I want to be a little more confident in those things. You know, Paul said in Philippians 1 6, he says, 
being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, honestly, sometimes, you know what, I'm just, I'm not confident all the time. And I want to be. You know what I mean? I got, I prepared this whole message out and it all makes sense to me. And then, man, I'll tell you what today, if I didn't get 10 phone calls from five different people about jobs that all want me on there and I'm just starting to stress out and the Lord's like, yeah, you're going to be confident and stressed too. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a hundred things you can be confident in, but it, number one better be the Lord. You know what I mean? You're going to have to trust him in it. I remember one time we did, we were down there, we was doing the Awanas program and I was preaching on letting go of things and how, and how, you know, you shouldn't be attached to worldly things. And I used to play disc golf and I was really good at it. Played, I won money at it and I could beat a lot of people at it. And I had this one frisbee worth over a hundred bucks. I know it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Who knows? And I got it from another guy. It was a, it was a, a, a pro line rhino, which is one of my favorite discs and I could, I, can, I knew how to throw it. I was, I was confident throwing this disc. I was so confident I left it in my yard. Laura's cousin came over with their big old dog. What was that dog's name? Bruno. Brutus. Brutus had his way with my disc. Shredded that thing. And you know what I'm teaching the kids on? you got to let go of those worldly things. And the Lord's like, let's see you preach this one. And I was like, I'm good. Man, praise the Lord. I'm, you know, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just trust him all the much more. The cars, decisions you make, you know, the jobs, your house, your life. You just don't know. The trials you go through, you know, you're just lacking confidence. You lack confidence. Depression sets in, anxiety starts to get the better of you, start worrying, you're lacking that confidence, being confident of this very thing that he which begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul and all his shipwrecks. <laughs> Sing out in the ship, you're going to be all right. Like, what are you talking about? Dude, we're going down. <laughs> you know what I mean? You read through all the Psalms and David. You look at Peter. Learning by other people's mistakes, Brother Mike. You know, Paul always seemed confident. But you know one thing you'll lack confidence is when you sin. And you break that fellowship with God. And you go against His Word. You go against His Word, then this where you find Adam and Eve. He said, didn't I tell you not to eat that? And all of a sudden, what are you doing? You know what you're doing? You're hiding. You're hiding. And he's like, Mike, where are you at? You know what I mean? You've been there? You know when you're out of fellowship with the Lord. You know when you are. You know, I'll tell you what, they weren't too confident. They was ashamed. But you know, you can restore that fellowship. Turn over there, we're gonna, we're gonna hit a few verses. First John 1 9. 
You know what? There's a there's a confidence in confessing. I'd like to say that. There's a confidence in confessing. First John one nine, very popular verse, one of my go tos, says that's verse eight. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what? God can't lie. So if he says it, it's true. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. David even says it. Not in those words, but turn to Psalm chapter 32. Psalm chapter 32. Psalms chapter 32 and verse number 1 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and now forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. David even says that. You know what? If I confess my sins to you, Lord, he forgave me. He's testifying in here in this, that it's truth. David. Look at Psalms chapter 66. Just want you to be confident tonight. Confidence and you know you got to you got to believe this too. You got to believe this book. Confidence in confessing. Psalms chapter sixty six, verse number sixteen says, "Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what He hath done for my soul." Amen. Testify in time. <laughs> he says, "Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what He hath done for my soul." I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Amen. You should just memorize that verse. When you're trying to, when the Lord's asking where you're at, and you haven't confessed your sin, and, and you want to restore that fellowship. Well, we're hiding over here. What are you doing hiding? Well, you know, we did something we shouldn't have done. Well, get right. Get right. Verse number 19, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Amen. That's a comforting verse. That's a comforting verse. Psalms 139. That's a good one too. If I mean, if you don't think you don't have any sin, the Bible says you make him a liar. I don't want to be found a liar in front of the Lord. But in fact, sometimes, you know, you you get to this point, you think, I'm doing all this good, I'm doing all this good. And then you read, whatsoever is not a faith is sin. You're like, ooh. <laughs> you know, all unrighteousness is sin. The thought of foolishness is sin. Well, <laughs> guess I better get right. 139, verse number 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. 
know, that ought to be our prayer. You know, Lord, show, show me who, who I really am. I like how Brother Doug Fisher once said it. Uh, he was talking about, I might even said this before, but he was talking about he's going through this bout of depression. And his wife one day says, do you ever just think your problem's you? And he goes, what'd you say? And she goes, oh, nothing. <laughs> and he goes, no, what'd you say? And she goes, did you ever think that you're the problem? And he goes, no, I didn't. <laughs> and they said after that, I remember he was sitting right here when he's preaching it. The pulpit used to sit right here. That used to not be there. And I was sitting right back there, man. And he said, and from that point forward, he goes, I always prayed, Lord, protect me from me. And I was, it stuck. I might think I know everything. All my, every way of man is, every way of man is right in his own eyes. But a faithful man who can find. Lord, protect me from me. Lord, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me to the way of everlasting. Lord, know my heart and try me and know my thoughts. Am I lining up with what God says? Is he that begun a good work in me still working in me? Or is myself coming out and and just overtaking that? And you got to believe that. All the scriptures have spoken the truth, the change of heart. You know what? Not only is there confidence in confession, but there's there's confidence in salvation. Amen. Turn over there to Romans, Romans chapter 9. I need to get some page glue or something. The Bible's falling apart. Romans chapter 10. And verse number 9. Popular verse. This was this was the verse that I struggled with the most when I got saved. I didn't struggle with it, but it just it just came out and it was so clear. You know what I mean? Like I got to have a change of heart. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, there's that confession, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And like I said, God can't lie. You know, we had a couple kids during our VBS that got saved. We had a little, little kid there, Mike, and little Jonah back here. It's kind of one, that one kid, Mike, was full of tears, and Jonah, he was just, he, you know, he just, he might have, he got saved that day, or he just had some more confidence. Confidence in his confession, confidence in this, in your salvation, knowing that you're saved. Now you can know that you're saved. That's what the Bible teaches. And then after you've been saved, he can't take it away from you. I know these preachers been on, just turned back a couple pages, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 38. And this is one of my go-to. I got three different colored highlighters on this one. I love it so much. Romans chapter 8 and verse 38 says, For I am persuaded. You know what that is? That's confidence. You ain't going to change my mind. I'm persuaded. I'm confident about it. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know what? That should be confidence right there. Let me give you another one. Turn over there to 1 John chapter 5. 
First John chapter five. Kind of went through this verse with the kids that this is, this is the longest verse in your Bible that doesn't have two syllables in the verse. <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory. Here it is. John chapter five and verse number 12. He that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of God hath not life. <laughs> pretty basic English. And it's pretty straightforward. Verse number 13 says, These things have I written unto you that, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may what? Know. That's confidence that you know. That ye may have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And verse number 14, And this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. You know what? So that verse chapter number, or verse number 12 and 13, you know what? You get that salvation. You know what? You get salvation, then you, then you want, you're, you know, you're sealed. We've, con- we've confessed our sin. We've been sailed, saved. We're sealed. We're going to heaven. You know what's, you know what's kind of neat about this word confidence? Because I looked it up in my strong con- Strong's Concordance. And God's just a blessing sometime. When you go through a Strong's Concordance, as it's listed there in your, in your, in the Concordance, the word right before confidence, guess what it is? Actually, I mean, if we're, granted, there are different words that confident, confidently, you know what I mean? But if we're going to switch to the, the other word, you know what it is? It's confession. Ah, I loved it. I, that's, that's even better. It gets even better. It goes, confession, confidence, Guess what the next word is? Confirm. Ooh. Doesn't that just give you a, yeah! <laughs> that ought to get some confidence in you. You know what I mean? You confess it, you get it right. You know what? God's going to confirm you. Now let's keep on going forward with that. For that he that's begun a good work and you're being confident in this very thing, that he'll perform it until the day's end. You know? But you know what? It says there, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, you know what? He heareth us. But you know what? When I pray sometimes, I still have doubt. <clears throat> I said when I pray sometimes, I still have doubt. i got one person raise their hand. Amen. You know what? But why is that? You know why? Because people say, like, seeing is believing. You know what? I've seen the Lord work. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's something somebody told you. Oh, I heard this. Counsel from somebody else. You know, and then we start to doubt. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. You know, we had this calf. We had this calf. It's been eight days now. And, uh, this calf was born, whatever, a couple of, right before we had that really bad rain, it was born that, when it had that rain. Then that rain came in, it, evidently, long story short, I can go on. This calf didn't nurse enough and get enough colostrum inside its stomach. So then that long rain, when it all rained, we didn't go over there and check on We went over there in the evening and checked on it. Well, we seen it nurse a little bit, but it didn't get enough of it. 
So what happens is then is that that bacteria goes into its stomach. If you didn't, the colostrum is supposed to fight off that bacteria. Anyhow, we, we were too late. So now the calf is sick. So we didn't ask for. We went out. We, we worked on it the one day, actually, and, that, and it was. I mean, we gave as much electrolytes. Laura milked the cow. We fed it with all this stuff. And you know what? I asked for prayer of prayer for it on the on the Slack app. And it was alive the next day. But you know what? It wasn't in better shape. <laughs> it was in worse. <laughs> so we go over there that next day, and you pick that thing up. I picked this thing up. It was like picking up a shirt, like right in the middle. Just, it just the legs just come in. I mean, I, the picture I posted on the on the Slack app. I got two tables propped underneath it. We've done crammed as much milk as we can in this thing space. All the electrolytes we can, giving it all these shots. And I go, you know what? I'm going to hit the Slack app again. Pray for my calf. Next day was better. But I mean, I tell you what, though, it wasn't my faith because I seen it. And this thing was going to die. It was dead. I mean, I was fighting tears, typing it. I was just like, this is ridiculous. This thing's going to die. I mean, I'm sitting there looking at it when I'm taking the picture. And uh, I mean, it's just milk's coming out of its mouth just on the floor. I mean, <laughs> this is what I'm seeing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. You know what? I've even talked to other people, dairy farmers. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know as well as I do. You got some chance none. He's even going to survive. I'm just talking about being confident. Being confident in, in your prayer. I honestly believe, and I put... I promise. I honestly believe if it wasn't for those few people praying for my calf, it was dead. Because I did not even have the confidence that that thing was going to even be there in the morning. <clears throat> the Lord kind of rebuked me on that. Why didn't you ask earlier? Am I praying confidently? I need to pray more confidently. You know what? You got to be careful who you put your confidence in. You know, especially if you turn over there to Judges, Judges chapter 9. I'll try to move through this one really quick. Should have probably asked. Brother Grimes, what he thought on this. Judges chapter 9 is it's a great passage on leadership. We're not going to talk about that. If I get asked to preach again, I might go into that. It kind of tie, can tie in a little bit with 1 Samuel chapter 8 on kings and leadership and etc. But, but putting your confidence in, in people. You know, if I'd have just listened to the one guy, well, you know, he's got a, he's got a bunch of dairy cow he's got a bunch of cows and if i'd have just listened to him you know what you got a slim chance to none you know what i mean you've already done his way he said you've already done six seven times more things i've done and, yeah you're doing good now you got a slim chance none of things going to make it what you do it was a two two percent chance it was going to live by the way two percent chance 
but if you're confident in the Lord and not in what this guy says or Google Dr. MD or the Calf Society of North America, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Well, we ain't going to make it. The, the university says it's going to die. Judges chapter 9. This is Abimelech. Verse number 1, Abimelech, the son of Jerubbabel, went to Shechem unto his mother's brethren and communed with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Speak, I pray you, in the ears of all the men of Shechem, whether it is better for you either that all the sons of Jerubbabel, which are threescore and ten persons, reign over you, or that one reign over you. Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh, and his mother's brethren spake unto in the ears of all the men of, the she- of Shechem. All these words in their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, He is our brother. And they gave him three, and they gave him three score and ten pieces of silver out of the house of Belbereth, which Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him. And listen to this. And he went unto his father's house at Oprah and slew his brethren, the sons of Jerubal, being three score and ten persons upon one stone. Notwithstanding, yet Jotham, Jotham the youngest son, Jerubal, was left for he hid himself. So he goes out there. They hearken unto his counsel and, and they're, they're doing what he wants, to, what he wants to say to do. And he kills 70 of his brothers. 70 on one stone. They brought him out there and just back. That's what it says. I mean, man, what a thing. Then this parable goes into here kind of like on leadership through the trees. I mean, it's a great, like I said, it's a great leadership passage. Goes in there. He talks about all these trees and it's a unanimous decision that the bramble should rule over them in verse number 14. That's Joth, Joth, Jotham in verse number 7. is kind of giving him this thing. We're not going to read all that. Um, verse number 21, it says, And Jotham ran away. Right? He runs away and it says, And Abimelech, verse 22, reigned three years over Israel. Verse 23, And then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. The men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech, that the cruelty done to the threescore and ten sons of Jerubbabel might come and their blood be laid upon Abimelech, their brother, which slew them, and upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in killing of his brethren. And the men of Shechem set liars in wait for him atop the mountains, and they robbed all the same along the way by them. And it was told Abimelech, and Gal, I don't know, I'm not even saying that right, and Gal, the son of Ebed, came with his brethren and went over to Shechem, and the men of Shechem put their confidence in him. This is the first time confidence is even mentioned in your Bible. The first time. And if you read through this passage, man, it's a, it'll, don't put your trust in people. There might be a certain family member, you know, that, I mean, it's good, a good brother at church, you know, you can have some confidence in. But you better just have confidence in God and what that book says and what that Lord and what the Lord said and what, what trust in Him. Because people are going to let you down. I'm going to let you down. I'm just being honest and being real. You know? And they went out and they put their trust in Him. And this guy, they have a little party. And uh, they put their trust in this guy. And Abimelech, kill, he kills up. So he puts his trust in there. They make themselves marry. In verse number 28, this guy, he starts running his mouth saying, you know what, I don't need this guy to rule over me. I don't want to rule this, have this guy rule over me. And he goes, I'm just this big and bad guy. And he's saying this in front of all his friends as they're having this little party and making themselves merry as they, they smash the grapes and drink the wine and make this big meal unto themselves. Well, then 
One of the other guys goes out there and tells Abimelech what's up, right? He says, make haste and come back and kill this, or make, make haste because this guy says he can whoop you. I'm putting this in the Mike Nemeth version, okay? We're just giving you the, the quick version. So then he comes down there, and he calls him on it. And so Abimelech comes, and he's going to fight with this guy, and he sees him coming out of the mountaintops. He's like, man, it's like the shadows are coming out of the trees, you know, and it's Abimelech and all his army going to come. And Zebubo says in 38, he says, where's your mouth now? You're running your mouth. Where's it out now, buddy? And you know what this guy does? He goes out there to fight with him, and he ends up taking off. <laughs> he says he, he chased him out. He goes, I'm out of here. <laughs> Guess you put your confidence in the wrong guy. They put their trust in him. They put their confidence. He's running his mouth. They chase him out. You know what Abimelech ends up doing? Abimelech goes against the city. He takes over, kills all Shechem. And at the end of that thing, look at this, verse number 53. This is how Abimelech ends. This is how his life ends. I'm just saying, careful who you put your trust in. And a certain woman cast a piece of a millstone upon Abimelech's head, (laughs) all to break his skull. You know what the Proverbs twenty one thirty one says: the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Better get, better remember that. The Lord's going to be the one to protect you. You better put your confidence in Him. Bimelech didn't. Proverbs twenty five nineteen says: confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and and a foot out of joint. You know an old gal; he got chased off. No, he didn't even want to fight in a time of trouble. Went out there, caused a little bit of commotion. No, but you got to be careful who you put your trust in. Now, I like how that one brother, uh, Brother Grimes said it. He says, if Pastor Ken is the only one that comes up here and the only one that speaks to God through you, he says, you know what? You got an idol. You got an idol. If you're looking at a certain guy and putting all that trust and faith in him, you're going to get let down. Especially if you do that with me or anybody else that gets up behind this pulpit. Your confidence ought to be in the Lord. Coming to the church with that attitude, Lord, I need something. Because hopefully the guy that came up behind this pulpit has got something that God gave him that he's going to want to share with you to be a blessing with you. That ought to be every preacher that gets up here and tries to do that. That's mine. That's my heart. Just be confident in the Lord. Be confident in this book. You know? I've got a blessing through all this. I mean, I, I hate. It's been a blessing. Some of these preachers coming through here. You know, I think of Jesse Brody preaching on anxiety. You know what? I don't get anxiety. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, I, I really, my, thank, I really mean that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I know some people do, and it's very real. And I know when he was preaching that message, people was listening. And it was real. I know people needed that message. I mean, I think Brother Rick Tarazas. These just guys have their confidence in God. Dale Scott, Brother Grimes, Aaron Riddle, Crozier. 
You know what, if you didn't get something from those guys that were coming up here and sharing, pouring out their heart with the Lord's poured on theirs, then you got a heart problem. Amen. You need to get right. You got an idol. You ain't put your trust and confidence in the Lord. You know what? God's been moving through this whole time. You know what's Ken? God's been working. You know what? I've seen it. I've seen people growing. I've seen people stepping up. I've seen people be more faithful. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what? God's not done working in you. You know, I still think sometimes, and I wish I knew the song all the much more better. I just know the little catchphrase of the song is, He's still working on me. I, th- I think I just want to switch the words. that He's still working in me. I don't know the rest of the song, but I think we ought to sing that every now and then. I really do. You say, that's too childish. Good. Good. We need to laugh and let loose and let your ego down and, you know, just let it go. I mean, I was talking with uh, Pastor Chuck Colson, and and he and actually, you know, he just he just said he just said it from the pulpit. He goes, "I make my church sing Father Abraham." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know, he makes the whole church sing it, and I was, you know, you just kind of laugh about it. You know what I mean? Sure enough, went up there to the, to his meeting up there in Canada. All right, Father Abraham, and you just watched all the preachers scatter for the bathrooms. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? All this, I'm serious. I'm too spiritual to sing Father Abraham. You know what I mean? And they all split. But I'm sitting there and we're doing Father Abraham with this other guy, another construction worker guy. And he, anyhow, and he, and he, what was funny is he said the same exact thing Colson said from behind the pulpit. Cause Colson said, Colson said this. He goes, it's good for him. It, it humbles him. And I looked over and I smiled and he goes, yeah, he does this sometimes. He goes, it's good for us. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I was just all, amen, amen. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, you're ever going to teach kids, you better, you better learn how to have some fun. You better learn just to let yourself go. Oh, I'm spiritual. Kids will know if you are or not. <laughs> you know, they'll figure it out quicker than you will. Most people will too. <laughs> amen. But, uh, but you know what? Are you, are you letting them work in you? Are you letting him work in you? Is he working in you today? Has he been working in you? Maybe I'll try to sum this up. First Kings chapter number one. I probably could have preached this whole thing just from this passage in First Kings chapter one. It's just, uh, or I'm sorry, Second Kings. I apologize. I didn't write that down wrong. I just said it wrong. Second Kings chapter one. And here, this is the, the last story of Elijah before he goes on to meet with Elisha and they go take He goes with Elijah to all, Elisha goes with Elijah to all these different places. And then he's received up there, done that, you know, take up in that whirlwind. This is his last thing. This is the last thing he does before that. So it's important. To say where Elijah has been in his life now and all that's happened. So when you go back there and you read Elijah, when he first came out there, you know what he's doing? He's sitting by that brook and the birds are flying in and feeding him. I mean, what a thing. The birds are coming in and feeding you. 
And then that brook dries up and then he goes out, he goes out and the Lord says, you know what? I want you to go over to this lady's house and you're, this little, this little lady's going to take care of you. This widow lady. He goes over there and then says, then, then, then the, the meal wasted not. Remember that? And then that lady's son dies and then he has that relationship with that boy and he restores that boy. This first time that the man's came back, the boys came back to life in the scripture. Elijah does that with that boy, right? Then he goes out there. And he's got that prophets of Baal, the big show on Mount Carmel. I mean, the prophets of Baal come out and I mean, it's one guy versus all of them. You know what I mean? And you're just like, man. And he's, I mean, it's, I was kind of thinking about it, meditating on it. I don't know which one's a little bit more exciting. Is it David and Goliath or is it Elijah and the prophets of Baal? You know what I mean? I'm leaning towards Elijah, but I mean, you know what I mean? I'm just one guy, you know, there wasn't even an army behind him. And he just... What? I mean, talk about confidence. You know what I mean? He's mocking them in front of them, you know? Even in front of Obadiah. He says, Obadiah, go tell your master that Elijah's here. And he goes, man, you can't, t- you can't tell me to go do that. He chopped my head off. And he goes, well, let it be known today that I'm going to see him anyway. That's the Mike Nemeth version again. That's not what it says. That's the, that's the short phrase. But that, that's the gist of it. You know what I mean? So he's, you can see he's still got all this confidence. Calls down fire from heaven. Slays all the prophets. One lady says one thing. One lady says one thing. And he, bam, discouraged. Runs for his life. Hides in a cave. He goes from Carmel to a cave. He's depressed. He's discouraged. Let me die. I mean, would you say that he's pretty confident at that point? No. No. I just want to die. I'm the only one left. But you know what he did? He received his rebuke. He got right. God said, you know what? There's 7,000 out there. There's 7,000 out there that ain't bent the knee, bud. You ain't all it, okay? Keep going. He goes, you're right. He repented and he did what God told him to do. Amen. Amen. First, second Kings chapter one says, then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab and Ahaziah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messages unto him and said, go inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise and go to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say unto them, Is it not because there is a God in Israel, and that ye may go inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And Elijah departed, and when the messengers turned back unto him, he saith unto them, Why are ye now turned back? And they said unto him, There come a man up to meet us, and said unto, said unto us, Go, turn again unto the king that sent you and say to him, thus saith the Lord, is, is this not because there is not a God in Israel and that thou sendest to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore thou shalt not come down from the bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And he said to them, and he said unto them, what manner of man which was that came up to meet you and told you these words? And they answered him, he was a hairy man and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. So there's no doubt in my mind 
that this guy knows of Elisha. Self-explanatory, verse number 8. He knows who he is. But the question is, is why would you not go to this guy in the first place? You've known, you, you're, you, you had to have known of all the mir- the thing that happened on Mount Carmel. He slayed all the prophets, but mommy and daddy's got some secret ones that, well, he slayed all the ones that were over, that are living over with the Philistines. So let's go inquire of that God. He knows his daddy got slain, because Micah came in there. Why would he go to Micah? I don't like Micah, because he's never prophesied good unto me. That's what he says, Ahab. And he goes, go out to battle. I tell you what, if the Lord didn't talk with me, he said, he didn't buy none of y'all. Ahab didn't come back. So then they knew Micah's word was true. The Lord spoke through him, even though he got sent to prison and got fed with bread of affliction. Why would you not go to that person? Because he's going to tell you the truth. Be careful who you go to. And, and this part just amazes me. This part just amazes me. First, I remember mean, you said in verse number two, he said he chose to go to the God of Beelzebub, the God of the uh, of the Philistines. You know what? He must have missed those stories of the the Ark and the Emeralds. Must have forgot about that. They took the Ark over there, bud. Did you ever hear what happened to the Philistines? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> he must have had some bad counselors around him. You know. And yeah, we'll move on. Second, or verse number nine says, Then the king said unto his captain of fifty with his fifty. So he sends these fifty up there to, to, to bring down Elijah. And he says, Then the king sent unto him a captain of fifty with his fifty. And he went up to him, and behold, he sat on top of a hill, and he spake unto him, Thou man of God, the king, the king hath said, Come down. <laughs> and Elijah answered and said to the captain of fifty, If I be a man of God... And, and consumed thee in thy fifty. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. And again also he sent with him another captain of fifty with his fifty. And he answered and said to him, O man of God, thus hath the king said, Come down quickly. And Elijah answered and said unto him, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee in thy fifty. And the fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. This is written in your Bible. Do you think Elijah is involved in sin right here? <laughs> no. Do you think his fellowship is right with the Lord? Yeah. But yet this is written in here. Um, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and devour these men. You know what? I mean, the Pentecostals got those things. You know, hey man, you, you got to you got to speak in tongues. Pentecostal Kermit, you speak in tongues, that, that's what proves you're saved. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The same with this thing. If I be a man, if, oh, what, if, what if we just went to there with this one? Well, if you be a man of God, call fire down from heaven. That's what Elijah did. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'd say he's pretty, yeah, he was right. I'd say when he's just sitting up there on that hill, he was pretty confident. I'd be a man of God, just let fire come down. You know what? And consume you guys. Because God's my protection and my confidence is in Him. I don't think He was... You know what I mean? I just, I really don't think so. 
verses 13 and 14. And he sent again a captain of the third and his 50, and the third captain of his 50 went out and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and besought him and said to him, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and thy life and the life of these 50 thy servants be precious in thy sight. And behold, there came down fire from heaven and burned up the two captains of the former 50s with their 50s. Therefore, let my life now be precious in thy sight. You know what? Sometimes the, the third string guys know a little bit more than the first and second string guys. <laughs> Sometimes you might just want to look past your best guy. Maybe this guy just sees a little more humbler. Lord, O oh man of God, just be merciful unto me. More humble. Learn from his mistakes. Learn from others' mistakes. That's where I had that written down, brother. Speaking of second, this is kind of just a little worldly trivia. Tom Brady will ever go down as the best quarterback to ever play the game. You could argue with Joe Montana, but you're not going to win. I don't like any of them, but I've just, it's just, you know, it is what it is. You know what round, what pick Tom Brady was? Close, 199. 199th pick. Sixth round. You're not even casting lots at that point. You're just like picking crumbs up off the table that fell off the table. Amen. Seventh quarterback picked. You don't ever know. You can't come up with a mathematical equation to do that. Being confident in this very thing. Verse number 15. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him, be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. You know what? That's confidence. Confidence in God's protection. Confidence when God tells you something in His book, He's going to protect you. You can't get away from it in your Psalms. David, he gets depressed and he, he's losing, he's starting to have, you know, faith in his eyes and he's always constantly going back to the Lord. And the Lord restored it and the Lord helped me out in my sin and the Lord helped me. He was, he protected me from all my enemies. And here this, the gods are the angel of the Lord Christ. Go down with him, be not afraid of him, and be, and he rose and went down with him unto the king. And verse number 16, he saith unto him, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, is it not because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? You know, when's the last time we inquired of his word? Is that what we have confidence in today? You know what? You got to use it. You got to use it. And like I said before, I, I used to play disc golf a lot. I used to play disc golf a lot and I was really good. And when you have, you play disc golf, you have to have these discs and you can throw them and you can make them do all these different things. Well, then I quit playing for a while. I, I, I played with these pastor friends of mine and went out and I just said, you know what? This competing thing is stupid. You know what I mean? It just kind of lifts yourself up and I don't like it. You know what I mean? It just, it was me. It's my, my deal. It's dumb. My opinion for me personally. Done. I said that. So I didn't play for a long time. So then I went out and I recently played. Guys called me up. Hey, why don't you come play this new course with us? Well, then I started to 
rounding up all these discs. Well, I had like two <laughs> that I could throw <laughs> and knew what they did. So I played this whole 18-hole course, and you know what? I had confidence in two discs. The rest of those discs I threw, oh no, <laughs> out of bounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gone. So I had to play this whole, you know, being diligent. Lost my confidence. You say, what's that got to do with anything? You know what? If you don't, if you don't use this sword, if you don't open this sword, and you don't get in this word, is it? Is it not because there is no God in Israel to inquire of His word? Or is it just our friends? Is it just our family that we're inquiring of? Or do we go to God and inquire of Him and trust in Him and pray to Him in confidence that He's going to heal us, that He's going to help us? It ought not be a hindrance, so you've got to get that right. That's all I'm saying. Let's have just a little more confidence in the work He's doing in us. Have a little more confidence in His Word. A little more confident communicating in prayer. Getting our sin confessed. Knowing that we're saved. And having a little more confidence in faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Don't forget that. You can be confident in the Lord. You know what? That, that takes faith. Man, he's going to help us through this. I'll tell you right now, I don't have any confidence in that hospital that pastor's at anymore. My only confidence is in God right now. I honestly think we just need to pray that God heals him. Sorry. That's the way I believe it now. <laughs> you know, not saying they're not helping. I'm just saying God is in control of that. God's going to be the one to fix that. Be confident in Him. Not in your flesh, but be confident in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this book. Father, I just thank You for the confidence that we can have in You. Lord, trials are going to come up as we even go out these doors, floor all through this next week before we even come back Sunday. And Father, I just pray we just lean on you. Lord, we'd not forget that uh, the work you've done in us, Lord, since we've been saved. Lord, that we just look to you and have our strong confidence in you. Lord, that we just feel thy presence and that your joy would just touch our hearts. Father, I pray these things. Lord, help our pastor, Lord, as only you can, Lord. And Lord, you know I believe that. Father, help him. Lord, get him out of that hospital and heal up his stomach, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for your mercy, grace, and faith you've given us. We give you all the honor and glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.